Welcome to an all-new episode of Faux Real, the show with a guests and conversation so big, you'll ask yourself, is this Faux Real? I'm your host, Devlin Wilder. On today's episode, I talk with comic and person, place, or thing super champion Pete Butchbauer, who won 16 episodes in a row and was my fellow contestant on episode 69 this season. We are joined by Pete's incredible wife, Weatherly Becker Gottlieb, who also appeared on Person, Place, or Thing as a superfan and is a skilled writer and candle maker. Through being on the show, we've all become fast friends, along with our now mutual friend, Melissa Peterman, who we very recently all caught up with at Story Smash at the Lyric Hyperion, where she was part of a comedy panel of judges, along with Blaine Kapatch and Danny Zucker, judging stories shared by comics and audience members, including yours truly. I believe that show will be up on YouTube eventually, though I've not seen it posted anywhere, so keep your eyes peeled. If you are in the Los Angeles area, you can see Pete live on stage at Flappers in Burbank this Wednesday, February 21st at 8 p.m. as part of the Uncle Clyde's Comedy Contest lineup, along with Maria Banford and Christopher Titus. And you can also pick up his comedy album, Out of My League, on iTunes. Purchase links in the show notes. This one is a real treat. So, without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Pete Butchbauer and Weatherly Becker Gottlieb. I pressed to start the video before I had my backdrop up, and I'm like, Oh, no, they cannot see the chaos behind me. <laughs> Nor will you, audience. <laughs> the, this is part of the reason why I chose the room with a clear wall behind us. The same wall from a uh, person, place, or thing. Yeah. Now I'll just oh, yeah. eggplant. That works. <laughs> yeah, same wall she sat in front of for her uh, super fan. The only wall we could sit in front of. <laughs> I love it. I, I love the I love the eye. Green looks great on you. Nice choice. Well done. Yeah, my neurodivergence found this beanie, uh, which is a replica of a design from RuPaul's Drag Race contestant season three, Raja. Oh, okay. And then I bought one in like every color I could before of I went paper. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. It's, it's just so cozy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, Pete Weatherly, welcome to Faux Real. Welcome to the show. Uh so good to have you here. Weatherly, uh, nice to to see your face sort of in person and meet you officially. Very nice to meet you. Um, Pete, good to see you again. Uh, good to see you, Devin. I'm still upset that I didn't beat you, but it's fine. <laughs> you, you had, I mean, there couldn't have been a better cause to win uh, all the piles of money that you did across 16 wins and 17 episodes that you appeared in. Yeah. Quite a run. Well, round of applause for you, sir. Round of applause. I, I'm still surprised that yeah. that I, I lasted that long. Yeah. There there were some tough ones thrown in there. There there were some very near misses. Oh my God. I I honestly I probably should have lost on like four or five different episodes <laughs> that I won. I, I just get lucky that apparently I was really good at zoning in during the speed round. Yeah. Yeah, you're great at that speed round. I mean, you're 
You know, the other thing about that, these kinds of shows, um, you got to be, you got to be lightning quick on that, on that clicker too. You got to have clicker game. You truly do. It's not just about the pop culture knowledge. I mean, you got to have a, you got to have a quick thumb, right? It's bad for the person who has to monitor those like lights going off. Yes. They have to answer to the wrath of some people who think that they were there first. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I think of times the episode where I was up against uh, Rocky. Yeah. And I got the Gatorade question. He buzzed in before it went live. So he buzzed in, was like, I'm ready to go. Wow. And then it went live and I buzzed and I got the answer. Oh, man. I've talked, I talked to him after the fact. So mm-hmm. we're, we both do stand up. Right. So we actually have, we didn't know each other prior to the show, but we have a lot of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. And so I've spoken to him since. And he was just like, I had it. I buzzed. I don't know why it didn't read. And I just think about, it really is um, all about as soon as you see that yellow light. The, the, the woulda, coulda, shit is uh, yeah. almost of life. <laughs> second decision. Yep. I, I look at that with the game I lost. I got so used to waiting it out just a little bit on the speed round to get to like that second, maybe third clue. If I, if I wasn't certain just mm-hmm. to get a little further and Burke was just so quick on the, I know this, I know yeah. this. He was fresher than you too. He was fresher than I was. Like, yeah. He's also an incredible human being. So that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You played against some real pros. I mean, you know, um, and uh, and who was uh, who's the gentleman that finally that finally Burke. beat you out? Burke Floyd. Burke. 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 He actually yeah. donated his winnings to the Orange County Children's Hospital yeah. for cystic fibrosis, which is an incredible amazing. Part. I'm gonna yeah. say if I'm gonna lose to somebody, at least lose to yeah. somebody who's donating to charity. Like you can't feel bad about that, right? Children's Terminal Illness Charity. Yeah. No cure wow. in sight. Yeah. And he, like yourself, he's one of those contestants that I've stayed in touch with. Good. That I still talk to from time to time. He also follows Weatherly on social media. And Awesome. I feel like there's a family here. Like, we've yes. become a part of our own game show family. Absolutely. The super fan family, plus the contestant family, and somehow we interweave. And then there's just Melissa, who's the mother of all. Mom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Melissa's the greatest. Um, And as I mentioned, we... I, I just I just talked to her and we talked all about you both and she is uh she is delighted by you both. She loves you to death and um she so wanted to come to your wedding and she still feels bad that she wasn't able to. You uh, know. I'll be honest. We when we invited her, so Weatherly's been a fan of Melissa's for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean Reba, Baby Daddy, yeah. Fargo. Let's go all the way back. Yeah. Like, hooker number two. Yes, please. We talked we talked about that role too. So <laughs> you'll have to listen. I'm looking we forward will. to it. With, yeah. with Melissa, I, I actually wasn't, because I didn't watch any, I didn't, there was a whole period of my life where I just wasn't watching sitcoms. Right and so before I, he got cast, we were actually watching her episode or her season of Works Cooks in America. Oh, wow. Five. Oh, yeah. Like, I was sitting there being like, why is this, this lady hosting something? Why does she not have her own show? She's so witty. She's so genuine so and not annoying. My introduction to Melissa was Worst Cooks in America. He had no what? idea. What? Oh, my and I, wow. And I literally was like, oh, she's awesome. She's great. 
Yeah. So on the first day of filming, I come home after winning my first one. And she goes, oh, like, I don't care that you won. How's Melissa in real life? <laughs> right. Well, like, Melissa in real life is the Melissa you see. On 100%. Television. Yeah. Yep. She's one of the most, and I've met, I'm sure you as well, because you've been on sets and you've met, sure. met yep. so many people in Hollywood that turn it on They're for bums. Most of them are bums. Yeah, they turn it on for a camera and then yep. off screen, they want nothing to do with anyone else. And that's the opposite. With, Melissa is, is Midwestern through and through. She is Minnesota through yes. and through. She's hospitality. She's sweetness. She's charm. Like, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of that you know, sweet in the industry. Melissa is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You should talk about Melissa all day if you guys want to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get to spend as much time as you guys did. She <laughs> or truly is the greatest. Um, yeah, and uh, that's so funny that that's how you got to know her. What you know? And I will tell you, um, she did host her own show. It was a game show. It was called Bet on Your Baby. I she watched that. that too. That's mm, see, my MDB isn't like. I operate on a Rolodex. We're still flipping through things, trying to remember that we have yeah, a yeah, Rolodex. Yeah. But I loved Bet on Your Baby. Did you watch yeah. it in real time? I, I hadn't seen it until I talked to her because of, that's what I was doing, was going back over her entire repertoire. And I was like, huh? And so, of course, you know, had I talked to her about that on the show. And then I watched, you know, <laughs> I watched a bunch of episodes in a row. That is- that is a show Great. she told me about. Once again, we were watching Worst Cooks in America, and I was like, I never even heard of that. And then after my run ended, I come home, and Weatherly's like, I've got Bet on Your Baby queued up. You're going to watch it now. Well, yep. like, look at it not just as like a game show, but its origins. I don't know the, the actual origins, but like if you think about psychology and how we've actually bet on babies before um if anybody knows about baby m or baby albert sure these are things that will affect a child for the rest of their life and i can only imagine this is just the sick viewer in me watching is like how many kids were on that show that will look back one day and be like i wish you would post it on instagram more (laughs) (laughs) how many got up there as a baby but like really did you think that i wasn't gonna eat that cookie (laughs) Exactly. You know, watching this little kid stack Oreos and I was like, that dude is going to be such a poker player. Like, like, you know, (laughs) it's the fact that it didn't go farther is so sad. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. But now we have person place or thing. Otherwise, she would still be doing that. And you guys would have to be babies to be on our game show. (laughs) Which has been picked up for a season two, I saw. Yes. We'll get many more episodes. Which is yeah. great. And it's funny. I, what I will say, the weirdest thing for me from having done person, place, or thing is I think it's awesome the people who I've met that I've stayed in touch with because super fans too. I've had so many fans that started following me on social media who were messaging me and I had no idea because it was going into that like general folder message request. Sure. I'd go to look at it. I had some guy in what, Indiana or something who's apparently I was added to his little boy's evening prayers. His little, his oh, son, no. his son would ask God to bless Pete on person, place, or thing. Oh my! Goodness. And I'm hearing these stories. And when I got cast, I said to her, "Who? Ca- no one really pays that much attention to, to game shows. It'll be cool and it'll be fun." And she's like, "No, you're gonna find a whole new fan base." And I didn't 
believe her. And it's true. I've had, I just recently posted for a stand up show I was doing. And I started getting people going, when do you come to Arizona? When do you come to Indiana? When do you come to Minnesota? And I'm like, I guess I got to figure those dates out now. Uh-huh. Also, who are you? <laughs> right. It's, it's so crazy to think about because even when, when Melissa posted the announcement of season two, the number of people who tagged me asking oh for a, gosh. for a tournament of champions and people who messaged me, like, have they talked to you? And I'm like, guys, they just got an announcement. And don't get me wrong. If they were to send me an email, say, Hey, you want to do hundred percent? I'd be there in a minute. But at the same, but at the same time, it's like, guys, I have no, you realize I have no control over this. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody's rooting for you, man. I, I, yeah. I want to, I want to see it too. I mean, you, <laughs> you versus Brian versus Burke. Um, yeah, super, super team. I'm, I mean, that would be, that'd be wild. It's, it's crazy to me yeah. watching now. Cause I'm just, I'm just waiting to see who's going to beat my streak. Right. Cause it, it will happen. Like, and I don't know sure. if it happens this season. I don't know if it'll happen next. Like, it's going to happen, though. And yeah. so I sit there and I see somebody, and when I see someone that, like, just runs the gambit on their episode, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, they're going to be there a while. And then they lose the next episode, and I'm like, all right, well, so it wasn't them. But it's like, I'm always just wondering, and I don't think I've ever been so invested in a game show that I'm not, like, because I'm not actively on it anymore. But I just feel this investment of, like, I want to know who's going to be the next. Yep. Who's like, going to beat your Ken Jennings score? Well, no, like, I, I'm i rooting for them. <laughs> Who is the guy that beat Ken Jennings? Does anybody remember? I don't remember. Because there are two people that did beat Ken Jennings. One in amount and the other in days, I believe. Don't quote me on this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, here's the thing. Everybody right. remembers Ken Jennings. Yep. And now, and now he's host of uh, Celebrity Jeopardy, so right. he, he really won the pot. But that's my thing. Is I, I, I'm rooting for these guys all the time. You know, I, I reached out to to Burke after his because he did eight, I think, yeah. eight episodes, I believe. And I reached out to him. I was like, man, I really thought you were going to be able to take it longer. And he goes, I don't know how you were able to do six in a row because we're filming six in a day. And he said that for him, by by episode five, he was burned out. Yeah. Just like, I just can't, I can't keep going. Well, he also operates on a different level than you do. And his social battery drains faster. Yeah. So like there, there's so many elements. Uh, He shouldn't have won. I'm going to say this straight up as his wife. I shouldn't say that. Uh, But there was a night uh, before one of the streaks. Um, We were at Taylor Swift till two we were stuck at so you were at the eras tour i hate you that's amazing <laughs> we went to the air it was uh we she'd gotten the tickets i just had to see i when you performer performs for three hours straight and like pees in a bucket under the stage i'm sorry i need to see that marvel Absolutely. it was incredible too not but... the bucket king just need to <laughs> clarify that <laughs> wonder how much that went for on ebay oh yeah <laughs> but she'd gotten the tickets and then i went for my first day of filming and i and i won and they said okay come back on tuesday and she goes well tuesday night's the concert and i was like oh you know maybe i'll win one or two more i'll be out in plenty of time to make Uh so then when i go all six and i called her because at the time i didn't have a car so that's the other so i got into a really really bad car accident two months before getting on the show and i became Mm -hmm. a chauffeur 
And my car got totaled, my insurance, it was a hit and run. The insurance oh. wasn't going to pay for anything. And so I was just screwed. So I, I honestly, I kept talking about I was winning the money for the wedding, which is part of it, but it was also like, I need a car. Cause yeah. I can't, we live, we live out. Like I can't get there easily. So it's one of those things where it's like, we're barely in LA. <laughs> yeah. We're on the edge of LA County. So it's like, I needed a vehicle. You had so a lot to take care of. Yeah. yeah I, I called her at five o'clock and was like so hey can you just pick me up here i was already waiting by the gates because like i figured one of two things would happen he would go the whole entire day or he would be too embarrassed to call me when he lost and he'd walk home <laughs> right and i was like either way i'm gonna catch him <laughs> like, yeah. I, was oh, I was not sweet. gonna walk home from cajote studios that wasn't happening but i uh but so that night we went to the concert and we were stuck there. I was at the concert dressed in the in the clothes that uh Cleve put me in for that episode. So oh, like wow. I literally went to the concert in my final episode. I still had the the like sweat pads that they put underneath my arms in there the whole time. Like I was just like, okay. Um we as we're leaving, I was like, she was like, Do you want to leave like before Encore? I was like, No, we'll stay to the end. You, you, these are expensive tickets. We're going to stay for the whole thing. It won't be that big right. a deal. Either way, we would have gotten stuck because they closed all eight exits except for one, which had a 18 wheeler uh, just completely stopped in. Oh. So we were there till like 2 30. That's when we got out of the parking lot. We had to drive like an hour home. He gets to bed maybe four. And then I have to be back at 8 a.m. on set. Right. Like, Logically speaking, the man's operating off of no sleep, not a lot of good food. The concert food's not the best for your mind. Wins eight through fourteen came on three hours of sleep. So oh, maybe crap, maybe Andy. the goal for people I, is get less sleep. Nobody can see me right now, but I'm I'm bowing down to you because I'm, <laughs> I'm not worthy. I suck. I'm scum. Because let me tell you, the I I didn't have an Aeros tour experience. Ugh, darn it! But um. I, and I talked to Melissa about this too, I I got no sleep either the night before. None, zero, zilch, not a peanut of sleep because um, this is this is a whole other conversation, but part of it is because I'm neurodivergent. My, my mind keeps spinning. So uh, sometimes even when I take a sleep aid, my mind won't shut off, especially if I'm super excited or super nervous about something, which was exactly the case. So I got... I mean, I tried, I tried everything. I, you know, I was, you know, drinking things and taking pills and try and nothing worked. So I got no sleep, no sleep at all. Um, and it was, it was, uh, it was a lot. Cause then of course I wasn't brought in until, you know, the fourth episode of the hey, day, whatever it was, you know? Yeah. Um, and and again, I do. I I generally remember the people I've stayed in touch with. I remember where in the day I was on they the show with them. Yeah, because it was. I especially remember the people who were after lunch, because lunch is the first time I got to see anybody. Oh yeah, I had lunch with everybody. Sure, and it had gone from like I'm sanctioned off in my own room where I'm not seeing you guys. Because, oh, we're getting my wardrobe and then my hair and makeup is on a different schedule than everyone else's. And I got to keep, keep rushing. So I didn't see anyone until lunch. So the people who I had lunch with, I remember who was after lunch each day. No, I understand like the whole like not sleep thing. Like as a fellow neurodivergent, um, yeah. not sleeping is not a recipe for success usually. 
it's a recipe for me snapping at you and trying to steal your snacks. Exactly. And maybe finding like a nice corner to like cuddle up in. (laughs) And there was no coffee having that morning either because my morning started too early. So I went straight to set. Um, And it was, you know, it was a whole thing. And the coffee there was generally cold by the time contestants got to it. Yeah. (laughs) I saw that it was available, but I was like, Um, plus you got to worry about, you know, toilet time. So you got to, you got to watch that as well. Um, and the, the thing that makes it worse, and this is, this is not a streak I want to continue at all for sure, but I was a, I was also a contestant on People Puzzler with Leah Remini, uh, which is on GSN and the same thing happened. Couldn't fall asleep, got no sleep. And that day we had a 5.30 AM call time because Leah had to be somewhere in the early afternoon. So we had to tape, they had to tape all of them very early. So 5.30 was our call so we could get a COVID test because we couldn't come in the studio before the test and they had to run it and make sure that it was clear, you know, which took half an hour and was a whole thing. And then, so I was already tired and, whoa. Um. (laughs) Have you ever tried, there's this method and it doesn't always work. Oh, please tell me. Yeah. Yeah. I I have a lot of methods when it comes to trying to shut off your brain because I've been very unsuccessful at it. But like, at least you can attempt it yourself if you want. Um, You have to have your head cold and your feet warm. Okay. So apparently the warmer your feet are, the more likely you're you're to fall asleep because it's a level of comfort and feeling like you're back in the womb. But your head um, is, it operates too much when it's warm, which is strange because when it's really hot outside, a lot of people have trouble being out there and functioning. But a cold head, like a fan, maybe put like an ice pack on it and have warm feet should give you a relaxed feeling enough. And if it that doesn't work, they say, try to think of the most relaxing place that you've ever been to. Like a moment in time. Like for me, it's a place in Hawaii, like that I think of. Doesn't always work. Most of the times it doesn't. But that's because my mind is NASCAR. It's just a constant left turn. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I'll just think about my first Weird Al concert ever, um, and and just concentrate on that. Maybe I'll get there. Thank you. I I appreciate that suggestion because, man, it was it was rough. <laughs> also, you inspired me that we watched oh? Weird. We watched Weird. Well, oh, actually, good. I What'd you, what you think? <laughs> and I loved it. So I thought it was say. great. Yeah, I saw I saw you as an Amish. Yeah, in the paradise scene. Uh, but it was, I've, I've actually been deep diving into Weird Al ever since, uh, your episode, because then they posted on Instagram for yeah. everyone that they chime in with your favorite. And I knew Manny was going to do that because she told me that she was going to do it. So I was like, yes. And, and I got, this is, this is, this is so, you know, this is uh, an ego trip for me for sure. But the, there was another guy before me that was like. I don't, you know, 15 episodes before me that also had Weird Al as his person. And I was like, you son of a. <laughs> but I got a lot more social media play so he can, you know, suck a pickle. <laughs> the person who actually styled Pete for our wedding, I thought was the biggest Weird Al fan I had met in my life. I'd, wow. I'd known him since I was in first grade. And at every high school performance we ever had, he sang a Weird Al song. 
Amazing. And I distinctly remember only him singing at those performances. There was tons of other kids doing stuff, but that was just like, yeah, I'll listen to this. Um, plus, if you're ever in Studio City, you'll see him in his silver BMW just cruising around. He's always there. Okay. I'm near Studio City, so I will look for him for yeah, sure. A little we'll definitely be fast little. friends. Yeah. You know, I, uh, his favorite, by the way, because he did chime in, was Yoda. Uh, nice. But yeah, Weird Al's the best. I, I, I have a bias. I, the fact that he did that movie the way that he did just fits everything he's done thus far. And if he had done something serious, like never. a serious biopic, would have not made sense. You could just yeah. feel the disdain washing over my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and that was the whole point. They wanted to make fun of all the serious biopics that are. Not very serious because it's like, why would you do that? And why did you put that here? Because that makes no sense. So it also yeah. feeds into what a lot of younger generations feed into and it's misinformation. Yes. And it's like, yes. oh, I just saw that. So that's real. Yeah. And like all of that, is just, it's fun. Why can't we just have fun? Girls just want to have, oh, I don't want to get sued. Um <laughs> Fundamental keep, keep it under 15 seconds. Keep it under 15 seconds. <laughs> Fundamental I, think, I think you can do it up to 25 seconds before before they Is come it 25? out. I knew it was something like that. I thought it was seven. Is it seven? <laughs> Holy crap. It's gotten smaller. I thought it was 15. So we well, have three different numbers here. Well, Disney changed the copyright laws because of public yeah. domain. It used to be 97 years and then you can use something no matter what. And so they now shortened that to 60 something years as well as the amount of time that you can sample yeah the mouse took care of that well that and kanye oh and kanye yes yeah king of sampling <laughs> yep sampling something <laughs> how often does kanye get a shout out on faux real you know uh strangely a lot yeah <laughs> kanye comes up a lot um <laughs> how does he, he, was, he refuses to do the show what are you gonna do um no, I, I have I have not invited him to do the show. Although I have I have another comedian friend. Do you know Emily Hagen? I have met Emily Hagen. I do not know her well, but I have okay. met her. I've definitely performed, so, I believe, in flappers with her. That sounds right. Yeah. She um she's done all of the various clubs, just like you have. Um, and she also hosts a podcast. Sometimes she hosts a podcast. And um uh, she runs this site called Kanye's Posts yeah. um, on Instagram, which at, uh, you know, because Kanye, he posts things, then he deletes them, he posts them, he deletes yeah. them, so on and so forth, rinse, repeat. And so she started posting all of these posts that he would, you know, delete. So they would be there forever. And she, that, so that uh, uh, I was okay. at one point trying to help her with, publicity to get her like some articles for it and what right. whatnot anyway um, i remember i remember meeting emily when she first moved to la and i met her at the improv open mic and ah. she, she was it was the first time she'd ever tried botox and so she was so upset because she she couldn't react to any of the comedians <laughs> yeah she would have done really well on that spike network or is it comedy central network uh don't laugh. Don't laugh. Yeah. Do you remember that game oh show? God. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. One of my favorites. 
And at the time, there's every comedian making comment of, oh, we got this Katy Perry looking girl in the audience. Of course. Yep. That's that's her whole shtick. Yep. Well, hopefully she's not Katy Perry voting. <laughs> mm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, Thank you. <laughs> Weatherly, I want to talk to you about your photography because um, I I sort of took a, you know, I took a run down both of your Instagram pages and uh, you take some amazing photos. Just like uh, there's a lot of great comic shots in there. Uh, of course, a lot of Pete, but you've got some great ones in there of like Adam Conover and some other very big uh, standups. Very cool stuff. And then a little farther down the page, um, it kind of goes back and forth, I noticed, but you've got some in some breathtaking nature photos, some very cool flowers. Um, there was a awesome turtle I want to talk about. Um, I mean, there there were some very cool shots in there. So um did how did that get started? Um, so before I was even in the realm of dating Pete, I would take myself on dates. Nice. And um, Roll power. yeah, I would go to the Natural History Museum and go to like the Butterfly Pavilion because who doesn't love butterflies? I mean, somebody probably does. And I do. Their mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just really found myself trying to find the happy little details in life because there's a lot of things that can get you down about life. And I was trying to put those like happy little details in focus. So I would spend my time stopping and smelling the roses as, as you would say or going to um i don't know if you've ever been monterey monterey because words are great um aquarium yeah to the aquarium which is I, the aquarium that they based finding dory off of but they never say it in the actual movie because they never want people going there and ruining it um right so i would go and do that and i never really thought of it like I wouldn't be in a lot of places today if it wasn't for this one being like, hey, post that. Hey, write that. That sounds great. And I'd just be like, no one's ever going to like it. No one's ever going to see it. I'll just keep it over here in my little box. Where's that voice coming from? Um, but I just, I always enjoyed it. Uh, when I was in my teen years, a lot of people would stop me and be like, could you be a model? Could you pretend to be this actor? And I was like, I'm not good in front of the camera. You don't want me there. Can't land lines. Can't stand where you want me to stand. And I'm definitely not going to do anything you want me to do. I'll try, but it will come out sideways. <laughs> and that's where my love of photography came from, I guess. Like trying to find the happy details and slight bit of narcissism that I could find them. <laughs> Uh, I'm really surprised you went as far as you did. I'm glad that you stopped me. Please feel free to do it again. <laughs> I absolutely will. Um, I, I didn't want to be weird and start liking all the photos, but I yeah. really wanted to um, because there's some just really beautiful shots, especially all those those nature photos are just, you know, uh, really cool. They're just really cool. So well, I you know, mean, well done. It's a large part in my camera. I don't think I could do it if I was doing it on film. Uh, I do think that the ADHD dyslexic in me would somehow screw up the chemical formula of natural process of film but being that 
I was one of those girls who grew up with a snapshot camera in her purse. <laughs> and now we're going back to that. Nikon's yep. always been my friend and it it does a lot of the heavy lifting. But I guess me stopping and sitting for as long as my ADD will let me <laughs> to capture a bee in a flower or like. The turtles. I, yeah, I love to find like the things that people aren't looking at like the ladybug in the middle of the rose or like that bee that may be stealing or pollinating whatever it's doing to that flower. <laughs> um, that stuff. I, I find it really cool. And my mom was kind of a model and like my great grandfather had a lot of great images of him playing basketball before there were images of basketball. Wow. So I guess I just kind of wanted to continue that lineage and never really never really thought about it I didn't think anybody would ever look at it <laughs> honestly uh when I did the comics I was like I'm just trying to hit a duck basically I'm playing duck hunt because if you ever see a comic walking around the stage there's all these movements yeah and it's really hard not to get this like hand trail in a, in a photo <laughs> yeah I absolutely I know what you're talking about so, and then it's not all venues have the best lighting. Oh my God. Yeah. That, oh. or and you have to figure out the beat because every, almost every comic, because some don't, uh, has a beat to their jokes. So you know when they're going to stop, when they're going to pose, when there's something really funny about to happen. And I find that really exciting. It's almost as exciting as finding a butterfly in a rose. <laughs> That's beautiful, Weatherly. It really is. Um, and you truly, you truly do have a talent with it. So, you know, um, it, it's really, I mean, keep going. Don't stop. <laughs> Thank you. You've just warmed my cold black heart. <laughs> Good. That's what we're all about here on the show. Um, and Pete, you've, uh, you've been taking LA by storm on all of the various stages uh, uh flappers and uh the comedy store and laugh factory and all the places um when did you start stand up so i started stand up it'll be 16 years this may wow so, yeah my my stand up career just getting his license um <laughs> nice and and i started in in the washington dc area mm -hmm. so i started doing stand up in a much smaller pool of comedians mm -hmm. still a lot i mean we had tons of comedians out there but just not what you get in a city like new york or la i mean mm -hmm. dave Chappelle came out of dc dave Chappelle did come out of dc not that we should be talking uh pat oswalt came out of dc Kyle Kinane. like we had a lot of really uh rory scoville um sure. a lot of whitney cummings came out of dc that's right she did but, you new know, mom we had a yeah, new mom whitney <laughs> cummings. we've had a lot of like amazing comedians come out of the city and so i grew up watching them and being like oh, i want to do that and so i started doing stand-up uh at 25 and for should, a long time tell them how you started well so before i ever did stand-up i used to play in bands mm -hmm. and when i was in college and i was 19 years old uh my college did a last comic standing competition Oh, okay. For money. And my band needed money so that we could record our album. And okay. our singer was like, hey, Pete, you're funny. You should go do this. And I said, okay. And it was like five people signed up for it. Like, it's not like I beat up a massive pool of comedians. 
Um, but what you got is you got 800 bucks and you got to open for the next comic that was coming to campus. Which was like a no name, nobody like Kevin Hart. It was Kevin Hart, but it was, <laughs> it was, wow. it was 2002 when no one knew who Kevin Hart was. Right. And so I, I think he still lived in Philly at the time. But oh, so, wow, that's so cool, Pete. I, I won this last comic standing thing that I didn't do in these two minutes of jokes about being half German, half Puerto Rican. And they were awful. They've, I've, comp- I've actually still used those jokes now. I've just reworked them to make them good. Yeah. But they were so bad. And I, I, I did these things just cause I was like, I wanted money to record our album. And so sure. I won and I got to open for Kevin Hart and then Kevin Hart, uh was like oh man that was really good like you should come and, and open up for me in pittsburgh and i was like yeah and he was like yeah he it wasn't that he thought i was good he needed a ride <laughs> and so i drove That's amazing i drove him to pittsburgh to what was a black club and then he was like go do a guest spot and all i had is this two minutes of shitty material about being mixed race that is not good <laughs> And it bombed so hard that the only laughter in the entire room was Kevin Hart laughing backstage. Because nothing's better than a comic laughing at another comic bombing. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I and take Kevin care, has a I'm very a distinctive laugh, too. And, and I, came, I came off stage, and I was pissed because I bombed so hard. And he said, well, just think, man, I did you a favor. It'll never get that bad again. And my exact response was, you're right. I'm never doing comedy again. Wow. And and I did I I didn't do it again until I was 25 and at that point it was I'd been playing in bands and I'd had bands where we had drug overdoses so the band broke up because I was playing in punk bands and when you're young and people are just offering you shit everyone's like let's take all the shit they're giving us because Warped Tour was a lifestyle <laughs> right and like so I'd been playing in all these different bands and I've, it got to that point where it's just getting so frustrating depending on other people to succeed. Because I was a drummer and then I played bass in one band, but like I was never a front man. I was never doing my solo stuff. So I had to depend on everyone else to be there with me in it. And then it got to a point where people kept telling me that I was funny when I would crack jokes, even on, on stage during comedy or during musical shows, I'd make jokes. And I was like, well, maybe I'll give this comedy thing a try again. At least on that, it's up to me. Fail or succeed, it's on me. Um. And I was, I was bad. I, I will go back and watch some of those, those sets from when I was, cause I, I was recording everything just cause I wanted to be able to go back and, you know, I played football in high school and college. I want to be able to go and, you know, watch my game tape and see what I was doing wrong. And I was doing everything wrong. I, every joke was low hanging fruit. It was all bad dick jokes. It was like, it was just nothing was quality. And then a turning point hit about seven years into comedy where suddenly I was like, Oh, I should stop trying to find the joke and just talk about what I know. And there was a time I, I taught stand up for a little while in DC and I would tell people right away, I can't teach you how to be funny. That's not, that's not in my wheelhouse. I can not possible. <laughs> yeah. I can help you find your voice. I can help you realize who you are. I can help you get over maybe some stage fright and I can teach you how to structure a set. But if you're here because you want me to teach you how to be funny, man, you came to the wrong place. That's not what stand up classes are about. That's what the open mic is for. Right. 
that is where you go out there and you start throwing shit against the wall until you're like, oh, this is who I am. This is my voice. Um, well, there's an argument to be made. Sorry to cut you off. No, go ahead. But th- there's an argument to be made of is comedy and being funny the same thing? And I'd say, no, it's not. Comedy is an art form. Comedy is something that you can figure out and master if you can figure out if you're funny. But there are people out there that do study, that do figure it out on their own, mm-hmm. that weren't naturally funny. But there's no formula. Right. There's no fucking formula. Sorry, it's... I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. <laughs> oh, yeah. On this show? Go for it. Fan fucking tastic. <laughs> it's one of those, it's one of those details I think people look at all the time is everyone's goal always is I wanna be famous. People are always like, I wanna be the next Kevin Hart or Dave Chappelle or sure. whatever. They all George wanna, Carlin. George Carlin. They oh, all God. want to blow up. Yep. But what I've learned, at least for me, is success is amazing. It's great. When you can pay your bills doing something you love. That's the key. The key, though, is that you actually need to love what you're doing. If your goal is just to be successful, you're not going to succeed because there's no passion behind it. And it's product. It's Yeah, you're just developing a product. And, you know, maybe that's also what's keeping me from hitting that next level. Who knows? But the point is, like, I don't understand the mentality of I'm in this. I'm going to bury everyone else. Like, I want to make sure I'm the best comic on the show. I want to be a comic on a great show. Like, that's, I love comedy and I like, I like, it took me a long time. In fact, when we first started dating, I had a hard time cheering on the successes of my friends and not getting a certain degree of jealousy and bitterness towards it. And then it got to a point where it was like, what do I have to be bitter about? Like, I'm, I'm living in Los Angeles. I've, I've got a partner who supports me, who believes in what I'm doing, who's very supportive of me going out and doing shows. And I'm going to shows and audiences are liking me and I'm making people laugh. Why am I bitter? There's no point in it. And it's, it's actually, I think one of those things, I had a lot of people say to me that they were surprised that I never got to be a diva on the game show. Like I never started acting like I was better than everyone. It's like, no, I'm just lucky to be there every single time. Not everyone gets the opportunity to go on to a game show period, let alone win one. And so every one of them is, is like, Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And when I lost, I immediately cheered on Burke and was really like, yeah, you got me. Well done. Like, this is awesome. And I don't know. I don't understand. There were a lot of people who were bitter when I beat them when I was in the midst of my streak. And they don't. Really? People, oh, yeah. And people don't realize, like, because they would rush me into and wardrobe was right next to the holding room for contestants. Yeah. So they would rush me to wardrobe to get changed. And I could hear everything that they were saying about the episode. Oh, the chatter going on. The chatter going on. And, you know, sometimes you go in there and they're like, oh, man, he's really good, guys. Like, oh, you know, you guys did great, but he's really good. I remember there was one where I went in. And the woman was so angry that I beat her. And it was the episode. I, 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 I remember the woman. Her, her, I think her name is Patricia. Who, she wore polka dots. She, I'll edit that. The one thing that she couldn't stop dwelling on was the question was, this singer uh, found fame as part of a popular girl group in the 90s. 
And so immediately when they said that, my first thought was, oh, it's Beyonce. She buzzed in before me and said Destiny's Child. And so she missed it. And then when it came to me for ask my question, I went, is it Beyonce? And this woman's like, I gave it to him. I would have beaten him. That asshole. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. I had a game, had a game where... I mean, she was only like, what, top three Grammy earner ever? So, yeah. you know, nobody She's, knows she has her. The, she has the most Grammy yeah. wins in history. And, yeah. and that's the game. That is that is the game. You got to be fast with the words. You got to know the answer and you have to buzz in. And there, there are a million elements and they all have to fit together in a moment of time. To so get it right. Places people can be angry in the game. I remember there was an episode of question I had at one point where, and I know they have to do the edits for time. So there's some episodes where. The, quest, the question you see that the answer comes for is actually the second clue, the but third. they make it look like the first. Sure. And so on the first clue, does the other another woman had buzzed in and guessed Ryan Reynolds, and that they it was wrong. But Ryan Reynolds is now up on the hint board a, ahead of us. And so when they the next clue was this actor had a popular "Hey Girl" meme, and I was like, "Boom!" Ryan Gosling, and I buzzed in. But I'm looking at the board, and I said Ryan Reynolds. Oh no, Ryan Gosling. So they have to accept. But they have to go with my first answer, which was Ryan Reynolds. Yep. And then the next person goes, "Oh, is it Ryan Gosling?" And they even said that, and that contestant said, "I wouldn't have known. He gave it to me." But it's like I screwed up, and you know, I still came out on top of that episode. But it's one of the things where it's like, it's a game. People get so mad. It's like it's a game, guys. We're just lucky to be here. Think about their approaches to life, though. Because these no. are all singular things, right? Like, we're all yeah. just living our own lives. And if you were to take, I don't know, stand-up, a game show contestant, uh, Tanya Harding, um, all and put them all into our room, what do all they all have in common? They're all playing singularly. It's yeah. all about your solo game. And if this is their approach to this game, how are they approaching other minor bumps in the road in their life? I Maybe this is just me looking into it and thinking about how your approach was singular because you came from a singular background and you could have been fed into that environment that is like, no, you guys are all different. You're all separate. You get your time when you get your time. You'll get your spotlight when you get your spotlight. But that doesn't mean that you still can't be an audience for somebody else. You can't cheer somebody else on. You can't realize, well, we're all in this community. Like... It, life is a community. It's oh, not just as singular as it feels. It's it's very funny. I had people who, I guess, were fans of the show who were regularly scanning the QR codes to watch the behind the scenes. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Like, sure. probably three quarters through my run, were messed with me, like, does it upset you when other contestants get more behind the scenes time than you? And I'm like, no. Why would it? Like, Honestly, there were times when we're going to behind the scenes. I think our episode's a great example because the angel and yeah. Devlin, the fact. So good. And you know what? I am so mad at myself, guys. I am so mad at myself for not bringing that up with Melissa. I forgot. I had, I had like an entire, I had a page and a half of notes and I forgot to bring it up. And I, I guess I'll have to have her back because I got to go. ask her about that. By the way, um, this is, this is a side note, but yeah. maybe I'll edit this out. But I, I think, I think there was a little flirting happening between Angel and I, 
I mean, you saw it, right? Oh yeah. I'm not imagining things. No, no, it definitely, it definitely came across like there was definitely a flirtatious vibe. Oh my god, thank you. Going on because before she said that line, I actually said to him, I was like, "Why aren't they making an angel and devil joke? Why has that not come up yet?" And then literally three seconds later, Melissa or was it Jamie? Oh, Melissa made the made the joke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie says something later though, uh, and I was just like, "Cool, I'm not." I. You know what? Um, I'm further mad at myself because uh, I have no idea what her last name is. I have no idea. Like, I mean, she's she'll always be an angel in my heart. I have no, I, I don't know anything about her. Well, maybe she's on IMDb. Maybe we can get in touch with. Uh, I don't know her last name. Yeah, but casting but you, does. But you know what? But you know what? If she's on the uh, the IMDb page for Person, Place, or Thing, which most of us are, mm-hmm. uh, she may be on there. Pete, I'm on it. I'm going to give you some very, I'm going to give you an exclusive right here on my own show. Okay. I am the one adding the episodes on IMDb. Oh, you're the one doing it? Yeah, that's I no I'm, idea. I'm problem. It's me. <laughs> so that's so, where it's going to be hard to do then. If I knew her last name, her credit would be up there, but I don't. So it isn't. Oh, man. One second. <laughs> Weatherly is a research uh, expert. So I actually was a research assistant at Variety. <laughs> what? Yeah. Weatherly? Yeah, actually, the yeah, resume quit that job for me. Wow, cool. So give me a couple hours and I'll, I'll try to figure it out <laughs> for you. <laughs> okay, Do, work your magic. I'll try. I'll, I'll say I find it so interesting that this this little game show because really when you look even when you watch their they're like i don't know if you watched the making of a game show document i did yeah i saw it yeah so cute <laughs> but you know this little game show that really came out of we just need something to do because yeah. of the pandemic mm-hmm. has brought so many people from so many different aspects of my life into one place because there are people who i've done stand-up with before on one or two shows and then suddenly I see them on person, place, or thing. I'm like, oh, they did it too. Yes. And then one of them, Martin Murrow, who's a hilarious, hilarious stand-up comedian. He uh, was on an episode. He won one episode. And then he lost his next one. It was right before my episode. It was right before. It was like maybe two weeks ago that he was on. But uh, I messaged Martin. I was like, oh, shit, man. You're on it too. And he goes, oh, you're that Pete? Because apparently they were still talking about you know, we had a guy who did a yep. 16 win streak. Um, and so it's just so crazy to think that like this show that came out of, as they say it on that, uh, uh, the game you play in the car with your parents on long road trips. 21 questions. Uh, 20 questions. Yeah. Um, did I just make it legal to drink? That's what you I just made. made it legal to drink, yeah. All right, cool. Um, That's a different game. <laughs> has not brought so many people. I mean, I've met so... In one of the episodes, uh, I was competing with a guy named Lance, who is an incredible artist. Who uh, Melissa actually bought Delano. one of his. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Lance, I started following. He started following me after the show, and he does duct tape art, where it's little strips of duct tape he did all a... placed together. He did a David Bowie what? portrait for Melissa. It's beautiful. It's incredible, and. I saw, you know, he had, he ran into some bad luck recently where someone, someone went into the garage of his apartment. Oh no. And stole, he had an electric scooter and cut the chain on it in the locked garage and stole it. Oh jeez. 
and he was hitting some some run of bad luck and he posted a whole thing like i am just done i'm over it and i messaged him was just like hey man like don't let this shit get you down right like you are an incredible person you have an incredible talent and yeah shit's hard sometimes and that's life and that part sucks but our ability to overcome it that's what makes us people like that's right if everybody let every bad luck we've all been there every one of us gets hit with an unlucky streak sometimes that's life and and that's life exactly is that mentality don't let it break you yeah and i honestly think that's if i had to take one thing away from person place or thing that's what person place or thing has been for me at least is i'd come into a place where i've had this car wreck we were at the point where my family had backed out of any contribution to paying for our wedding. I paid for it myself. <laughs> so all the financial wow. were dropping on us. And it was, you know, Weatherly, thank God, bought a house during the pandemic when things were low. And so thank God we had a place to stay. But like those bills, they come all the time. Bills, bills, bills. And and so it was one of those things where like it came at the perfect time for me. And I, I think about it. I was originally cast to do the You Bet Your Life with Jay Leno. That was my original. Same. Yep. Same? Yeah. And so when they reached out to me and said, hey, so, you know, that's going to hiatus because of the strike. Would you like to do this? I almost told them no. I was like, look, I've never heard of it. I don't know. It says like $5,000 or whatever. Like that's good money, but I'd have to win to even get that. Right. And she was the one who said, what do you have to lose? Like, and she, the advice she gave the contestants as a super fan is the same advice she gave me every single day that I was going to set, which is have fun. It's just a game. And you're not going to walk out with anything less than you had when you got there. And you get an experience. Isn't that cool? Absolutely. It just, it showed up at such a perfect time, but it also connected me to people that have been uplifting towards me and that I can hopefully help uplift as well and made friends with, which is kind of a cool experience that I never would have expected from a game show. So now I'm curious, since you were also on You Bet Your Life Uh-oh. and I can pivot like nobody's business, <laughs> I know what his three were. <laughs> so I'm guessing that one of your three, like, You Bet Your Life info things was having to do with Weird Al and being like a super fan of Of course, him. Yes. What were the others? That's a great question. I have no idea whether I, I'd, I'd have to go back to the email. I mean, yes, 100% Weird Al was, was part of it. Um, I don't I don't remember the other things. I don't know. So I, I have to go look. <laughs> I just want to say, <laughs> I just want to tell you how much I love you too. I, I, I love you together. I, you are... Uh, I'm going to play these. Uh, when you hear this episode back, you're going to uh, fall in love with each other all over again because <laughs> you have, you lift each other up and you get, you know, uh, one uh, gets the other one to to do something that they didn't think about. It's, uh, it just, it, it you fill my heart. Uh, my heart has grown three sizes today. Um, <laughs> I, I I appreciate you both. Um, you know, uh, coming to do this little show, um, this little tiny show. And, um, you know, it, it really, it really does, uh, go to show you the both of you, uh, you know, 
the strength of perseverance, um, you know, the the strength of creative art, and you both are out there doing it. Um, Pete, I'm sorry that I haven't already seen you uh, live, but I'm going to very soon. When uh, when's your next show? By the way, where are you no. playing? Right now, I'm not real sure. I uh, I've taken a hiatus because of the okay. wedding, and so I've taken two months off. And what I've learned very quickly is when you take two months off in Los Angeles, people think you moved away or you're yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I've been reminding people that I'm still around. Mm-hmm. Alive. <laughs> I, I I'm probably my guess is probably be at Flappers pretty pretty soon because generally speaking, when I send them a a list of available dates, they give me one pretty quickly. He's downplaying his comedy career. He was just in Vegas doing the Brad Garrett. He just got passed there. Uh, so hopefully nice. he gets back. And he has been doing this Soho House uh, show where oh. it's basically like Mortified, where you come and tell an embarrassing story about yourself uh-huh. and celebrities. There's a, there's a, to give them a shout out, there's an incredible show. It's a storytelling show, mm-hmm. which I've been trying to get more into because I find that to be very fun. Um, and I already have one stand-up album. Why not do a one-man show next? Um, but what it is, it's called About Last Night. And it's four, five, six, I think it might be six storytellers all telling horrible dating stories. Uh-huh. And so uh, I did it. I did the first one at Soho House uh, over a year ago and did really great. Uh, and Topher Grace liked me. Um uh, <laughs> Cool. He's told our love story on one of these shows, which started via a dick pic conversation he did not send, um, where he was being catfished by my cousins uh, while I was in a different state. Uh, <laughs> and yet, what does that teach you? That catfishing and dating apps do find you real love. Yeah. <laughs> we actually, we, we matched on Bumble uh, wow. while she was in Arizona visiting family. And her cousin and her cousin's husband, who actually officiated our wedding, um, they met on Match. Match.com. And they didn't believe that dick pics were a real thing. And I went, go ahead, take my phone. (laughs) (laughs) Please be my guest. Find the treasure trove that seeks you. Oh, my God. Little did they know that he would pop up and he'd be like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, oh, no, I'm I'm good. That's my temple. No, that's, thank you. That's my limit. <laughs> and there we went from that to me insulting you, saying that you weren't a comedian and asking what yeah. your job was. Yeah, our our very first conversation, she goes, oh, you're a comedian. So where do you wait tables? I'm from LA. I don't beat around the bush. I know that there's another job out there. <laughs> and at the time, my income was coming from touring. So and my album. So it was like, no, I'm. I'm a comedian. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. On, you have an album too? I do have an album called Out of My League. Where before meeting him, I got drunk with my cousin and made fun of said album and said, it's not that funny. <laughs> I eat those words now. He's kind of funny. I love it. I love it so much. I'm going to, I'm going to buy, I'm going to buy that. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, that. check it out. We appreciate you having us on your little podcast and letting us be a part Calling of it. it your little podcast. Well, I'm just, yeah. I, it it I, is a little podcast. That's that's the truth. Um, I, I, more than family and outside of person, place, or thing, we're also a podcast family. We're now the faux real family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> Yay! You said the name of the show. Of course. Um, <laughs> um, thank you both so much. Uh, you're both amazing. Um, you're you're both just so cool. And Pete, I am gonna <clears throat> I am gonna come see your uh, your stand up. Okay. Let me know when you have day. I know they'll be on your Instagram. Um, I'll, I'll message you direct with them. Don't worry. Just let cool. us know when you're coming, so I can also go and not stay at home in my pajamas <laughs> where I, I freak Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing some dates too coming up. Uh, so I'll I'll let you know. But yes, um, family reunion. Yes. Um, Melissa said that she also wants to see your stand up. So. I told her I told her just to drop into your DMs. I don't know that she will do that, but you know. <laughs> uh we're um, actually gonna see she's doing Story Smash at the Lyric Hyperion. Ah, when is that? Oh, okay. Great. Uh, we're actually gonna go to that. There might when, still be tickets. What day is that? Do you know? On the tenth. On the tenth? Yes. So in five days. So she's I, one of the judges for Story Smash at Lyric Hyperion on Saturday. And we can just go stalk her all together. She can't get us all restraining orders, can she? <laughs> I guess we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Saturday, I can I can make it Saturday. I keep thinking I'm busy on Saturday, but it was it's I'm I'm working on Super Bowl Sunday. I don't care because yeah, I, I don't care. <laughs> Day ball. <laughs> so I will see you there. Yeah, yeah. Jump on. I know. Last when I bought. I got my tickets a while back, but they were still posting that they were had tickets on the actual Story Smash Instagram. So it's on event break. Love it. I'm doing a plug for someone else's show. See, that's how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Um, Pete Weatherly, thank you so much. Thank you. you. This is appreciate you. It's your first podcast. Huzzah! Wait, should I be saying that? <laughs> on this show, yes, absolutely. I will not be taking it out. Um, <laughs> I don't know when this episode will be out, but I will let you know. Um, of course, and we'll promote the hell out of it. Yes, all five followers will follow from my <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, thank you both. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. Stay dry and warm, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll chat again soon. We'll talk soon. See, See you, Devlin. Good night. Faux Real is hosted and produced by me, Devlin Wilder. I also coordinate talent booking. Logo design is by Chris McCaffrey. Social media is done by Oprah Holmes. You can follow the show across social media at Faux Real Pod. That's F-A-U-X. The outro music you are hearing now is Dynamo Rainbow by Christian Leo. Faux Real is a production of Wilder Entertainment.